Welcome to All Things Green. I'm Shelby, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. Megan Youssef is a certified climate fresque facilitator and trainer and overall environmental advocate. Megan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you here. Let's start with something easy. Tell us about yourself. Uh, how about where are you from? I'm originally from Cleveland, and I left for 17 years, and last year I decided to come back and start a business. I'm glad to have you here. Now, we met at a meetup group for people interested in the environment here locally, and mm -hmm. something that stood out to me about you is that you, like so many of us, didn't get started in the environment, uh, in the movement, or in climate as your original career. You were doing some other things, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your former careers before Climate Fresque? That's right. I am a trained pharmacist, and having discovered a through passion of being really interested in the mechanics of helping people make change, I landed in the training industry and I helped uh, develop wellness coaching training uh, for, for therapists for a while, exploring how to help people move through the stages of change, and then ultimately landed in a training role of managing a department for a tech company. Okay, cool. And then tell me a little bit about how sustainability or the environment played into your life when you were growing up before it became part of your career. Well, like so many people I've met who are really passionate about the environment, they had access to it as, as kids, and I am no exception. I grew up playing in a, a forest of grapevines mm. with a stream in our backyard. And my mom was always really uh, active about advocating for us to engage in local culture and the environment. And my dad is uh, from Syria. And he, just by nature, is super enthusiastic about foraging. And one of my favorite stories of him is uh, this recollection that I have as a, young, as a young adult of driving around California and hearing him excitedly exclaim in Arabic the names of the fruit that he could identify uh, on the trees as we were driving by. Anything that you can recall? Uh, my favorite was mush mush. And that is? That is apricots. Oh, I love a good apricot. Oh, I <laughs> Me love a good too. Apricot. Um, so yeah, I can tell you're very passionate. It came from your youth. Um, but how did it become the passion of your career to be working on climate and the environment? So the year is 2020. Oh no, this is never the good start of a story. Or maybe maybe it's a great start. <laughs> I don't know, I think it's great. And I was really bored and I found a gentleman online uh, who of course wasn't in Texas where I was living at the time. Mm. And he was a Mexican marine biologist. Wow, this feels like a story I wanna write down and then maybe <laughs> read about. Um, <laughs> but that's for another time. <laughs> so anyway, I ended up moving to Mexico briefly to um, and into this community of marine biologists. And I don't know if you've ever spent a lot of time with them, but because they're staring all the time at all of the trash that's floating in and on the ocean, they're pretty fierce advocates for uh, sustainability and for plastic reduction and for just being very mindful about their footprint. And uh, through that, this, this man that I was spending a lot of time with would collect, uh, would collect plastic from anything that he touched, all the way down to the, the really flimsy plastic wrapper that surrounds cookies mm -hmm. in the gas station. And he would pile it up in this pile in, in his house and at some point, I felt, I started to feel like I was drowning in plastic. Mm. <laughs> and I remember, I remember thinking, like, 
this madness has to stop. <laughs> <laughs> and and starting to ruminate a little bit more on on what that meant um, and reflected that I was living in a place that was a whole lot less impactful on the environment than the place I had come from. Mm -hmm. You know, for every one piece of plastic they use there, we're probably using four. You know, wrapping our fruit in a piece of paper that goes in a plastic bag, that goes in a shopping bag that we Mm -hmm. take out of the store and throw away, potentially. Yes, definitely. So you're living in Mexico. You're living with who I can only assume is the swarthiest, dreamiest Mexican marine biologist (laughs) the world's ever seen. And you start to think, maybe I should be doing something about this. Is that when you come to Climate Fresque? Yeah, so I, um, at the same time, many of the places that I had lived previously were starting to experience some drastic disasters. Um, Texas, for example, had its massive grid shut down in the winter of 2020. Present, I was there. Yep, (laughs) and I started to reach out into my community to see if there was some way I could bring this conversation to, to the place that I had grown up. Mm. So I think we're ready to start talking about climate fresque, but to start us off, I have to ask... Fresk. What the frick is fresk? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me start at the beginning. Okay, great. Now the year is 2015. Okay, we're we're, we're jumping back a little bit. We're rewinding a little more. (laughs) And there's an engineering professor by the name of Cedric Ringenbach, and he's in France. And he wants to connect his university students to the conversation of climate change and help them see uh, how everything is connected through climate science. And do you know what the best source of truth out there is when consulting said climate science? This might be the only question I get right all day long. I believe it is the IPCC report. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the IPCC report is the United Nations effort to aggregate as much climate science as there is, Mm. um, as there is in the world. And a group of volunteer scientists put it together into a report every six to seven years to produce what is our globally accepted source of truth and make decisions off of it. And Cedric wanted to figure out how to help his students engage with this report in a way that wasn't reading 4,000 pages. Light reading, little Sunday morning coffee cup. Yeah, (laughs) 4,000 pages. So he wants to make that a little more accessible. Exactly. So he does this ingenious thing where he cuts out the graphs and data from the report and puts them in front of his students and says, put these in order from cause to effect. Mm. And thus was born the climate fresque, which he later solidified as a formal experience in 2018. And he chose the word fresque because it comes from the word fresco, which is this concept of, of painting something, or in this case, the story of climate change and all of its implications from left to right. Ah, I see. So when we're done playing this game, we can hang it up as art and I can keep it for the rest of my life. Is that, was that what I'm hearing? That was the intention. Okay, perfect. I love to hear that. <laughs> so you get into Climate Fresque, which by the way, I think is getting a lot of buzz. I just saw it in the New York Times, which, you know, meeting you was the first time I'd heard of it. So it was exciting to see a little bit of momentum on, uh, on Climate Fresque. Yeah, I was thrilled to see it there. It's, it's already been played by over a million people. And I was uh, super excited last year, and it's mentioned in the article, that even the French government has decided to roll this out by the end of next year to over 25,000 of the leadership in their government. Wow. And I think 
you told me that you also facilitate some other games. I don't know if they're all climate related, but can you tell us a little bit about that too? Sure. So Climate Fresque is just one of a series of sustainability experiences that is very much like this one because they have found that this format is really powerful. Um, they touch topics like uh, biodiversity, the ocean, our water, architecture, all over the place. I specifically work with one that touches uh, an exploration of the impacts and benefits of digital technology, exploring the balance and where we might see tech showing up frivolously, how we can think about how to more um, thoughtfully engage with it, mm. and uh, with one that explores textiles. Interesting. I love the gamification of learning. There's actually a game that I like to play um, that's called The Thing from the Future, and it's a <laughs> card-based game that allows you to flip over cards that say things like, imagine a world, uh, imagine a poetic world that is working on climate change through a feminist lens and you're flipping over these cards and can have these conversations with people. So I'm excited to see something specific to the IPCC report that allows people to engage in that way. Remind me, how long have you been doing the Climate Fresk work? About a year now. Okay, great. Tell me a little bit about what kinds of groups you end up seeing in your work or that the international community sees playing the game. So anybody over the age of 10 can play this experience, but notably it's used as a strategic tool to achieve specific outputs. Uh, for example, for the leaders at a manufacturing plant, they might engage with it to ground in a shared experience and an anchor that starts their conversation around sustainability to build empathy for each other as a group, to establish that shared language that they will use to then put the initiatives in place and to just start the conversation of something that is so vast, it's hard for people to understand where to begin. Mm -hmm. um, another way that I see it used a lot is that uh, European organizations often are, they are mandated already to start to put in place initiatives, and they want the teams in the states to embrace those initiatives. But as a community, in a place where climate change is often really politicized, it can be hard for people to feel that they've got their why as to why they're going to align behind these initiatives. And so getting people together in a room can help them to establish that why. Even if they don't walk out of the door embracing all of the science, they can build, they can build the case for why they want to engage with this and really align behind it. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And I saw a little cheeky set of cards that you brought in with you. So does that mean that we get to do a little taste test of Climate Fresk today? It does indeed. Okay, great. Well, I think we want to welcome in an extra special guest. I mean, okay. you're our extra special guest, <laughs> but an additional special guest uh, to play with us. So we're going to bring in cameraman Matt. Uh, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about it while we get set up. Sure. So Climate Fresk is a 42-card game that's played in three sections. The first section is this ordering of the cards. And um, as you're putting them together, you're having conversations inside of the group. Rather than tell you anything more because Matt is ready to go, I'm going to put the cards on the table so that you can try the first round out for yourselves. Awesome. Are we competing or are we playing as a team? Oh, like the climate crisis, we have to become a team to make this happen. Okay, deal. deal. We're in this together, Matt. <laughs> okay, so we do have some audience that can see us and some audience that are just listening, so I'll describe what I'm seeing. Okay. Megan is putting down some cards, and uh, Matt, what are you noticing about the cards? They have 
a variety of different topics and pictures on them. Yeah. 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 I'm seeing everything from human activities to carbon emissions and some charts, but also just some nice pictures. So yeah, let us know where, where we can begin, Megan. Okay, so your first task, should you choose to accept it, <laughs> is to put these cards in order from cause to effect. And afterwards, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Okay. Teammate, how about I uh, hold cards up to the camera so that our audience can see it, and then we make some decisions about where we think they should go? That's a great idea, Shelby. Okay, where do you want to start? You want to pick one? Okay, okay, okay. This first card says human activities. And the back of the card, should I, is that a secret? It's the first round we don't actually show people the backs of the cards. Okay, well then I'll pretend I never saw that. <laughs> I do think that that is what I was going to select anyway. I can't so. read, so I didn't know what to say. <laughs> well, this one says human activities, and not including the special hint at the back, I feel like human activities are going to be the root cause of a lot of things. Maybe I'll put it over here on the left. You agree with that? Yes. Okay, great. Do the numbers on the cards mean anything on the outside of the cards? No, they don't. Okay, great. So I'm going to make it number one, and it says number one, but that doesn't mean anything. So you picked human activities. How about I pick, um, let's pick fossil fuels. So I'm going to cover the back so I can't see the answers. This is fossil fuels. Um, Matt, what do you think, does fossil fuels come before or after human activities? After. I agree. I don't think that, that um, the dinosaurs who are now creating our fossil fuels are at fault for... Wrong kind of fossils. <laughs> okay, so we've got human activities that's leading into fossil fuels. What do you want to pick next? All right. What do you think? Okay. I'm going to... Maybe we can phone a friend. Um, you can phone me as a friend. I phone Shelby. <laughs> she's my friend. That's right. Uh, we've got options here. So we've got additional greenhouse effect. Just the fact that that says additional makes me think, since I haven't had greenhouse effect, maybe I'll wait on that one. Rising sea levels, melting sea ice, rising temperatures, and CO2 emissions. Uh, I'm no expert, but I, I, I'm going to put CO2 emissions out next because we, we dig up fossil fuels, we burn them, and then that causes some carbon emissions. That's, that's what I'm going to go for next. Um, so we've got human activities leading into fossil fuels, leading directly to CO2 emissions. But then we also have additional greenhouse effect, rising sea levels, rising temperatures, and melting sea ice. Oh, I think I forgot to tell everyone this is what, uh, this is what CO2 emissions looks like. I love that you're covering up the numbers. Yeah, I don't want to cheat, Megan. I'm nothing if not honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got these things leading into each other. What, what do you think you want to explore next? What should we talk about next, Matt? Additional greenhouse gas effect. Okay, you feel like that goes after carbon emissions? As what your tone sounded like. I don't think that's right. No, I don't know. <laughs> no. I'm no expert. I didn't get a degree in climate oh, science. I just. I. I'm an actor. So. <laughs> Matt's a, it is an actor, but not a paid actor to be here, no. right? This is, this is the real you. It is. <laughs> okay, so we're going from carbon emissions to additional greenhouse effect. That makes sense to me, additional on top of something. Although I do think Megan gave us a hint when she said things weren't necessarily linear. But she's keeping a cool face. <laughs> she's not going to give anything away. Um, I would assume, since they don't have to be linear, maybe they like kind of come together, like CO2 emissions 
are creating things like um, melting sea ice. Maybe these two things both come from fossil fuels, and that would cause something like melting sea ice. Again, covering the back so I don't find out. Um, like both of those would lead to that. And I would imagine that if the ice melts, then the sea level rises. Does that feel right to you? Here's the one I'm not sure. I mean, it feels like the obvious one, right? We talk about global warming, so rising temperatures. And yet, maybe it's just sitting next to melting sea ice, or maybe it goes first. What do you think? Should they be together? I think, like, I think it's like right there. Okay. Right there. Okay. Why does the ice melt? Mm-hmm. Maybe because. <laughs> so we think it's like here. We're going to scoot these down. Okay. Matt, why don't you talk us through what we've done here? Walk us through our cause and effect timeline. First, the humans came, mm -hmm. and then we made fossil fuels, and that would make the CO2 emissions go up, and then the additional greenhouse gas effect, and that would make the temperature rise, which is causing the ice to melt, and then the rising sea levels. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree with this. I'm excited and nervous to find out. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm very nervous. <laughs> this is just a good reminder to all of us that we don't have to be climate experts to be climate advocates, and we are not afraid of learning new things. At least that's what I'm going to tell myself while I'm afraid to be wrong here. That's right. I mean, also, the whole point of this is to have thoughtful conversations and not necessarily to walk away knowing all of the points of climate change. We don't have to memorize 4,000 pages for this to be effective? I mean... I hope not. <laughs> um, so at the end of this, I always ask a couple of questions just to get us further uh, thinking about this round. And the first question I have is, you, you both were talking a little bit about the additional greenhouse effect. Do you know how cold the earth would be without the greenhouse effect? I don't. Do you? No. So the neat thing about these cards is that it actually displays scientific data. And so you can mm. see here at the bottom of the card that it says negative 0.4 degrees Fahrenheit, mm. which is not sustainable to life. Sure, so sure. So why does it say additional greenhouse effect? Okay, there's there are, I think, are some clues on the card uh, because the card is showing me the Earth with things that I don't understand, like insulation or infrared radiation. So I don't really know. I feel like I should be able to interpret this, and yet I don't know what it all means. So you guys said something around CO2 emissions, and you put this card, this additional greenhouse effect card, next to it. Do you have any sense for how they may be related? What do you think, Matt? I have no idea. <laughs> um, my, my guess, my um, less than educated guess, is that carbon emissions maybe are trapping heat, and then maybe there's some reactions that go into like that being a cyclical process. Her eyebrows raised, but I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was a beautiful guess. Uh, so carbon emissions and um, all, all of the emissions that are affecting our greenhouse are doing exactly that. They are amplifying this effect of heating that we are getting on Earth, which we need some of it, but we don't need that amplified effect. Ah. Um, so this is almost perfect. Um, except that there's one trick in the first round just to get us moving into a place where we're really thinking about things analytically. Mm -hmm. When you think about melting sea ice and rising sea levels, if you think about ice that comes to you in a restaurant in a glass of water, 
Are you worried the whole time you're sitting at that restaurant that that water is just going to start overflowing as the ice melts? No, I've never thought about it. Right. So melting sea ice doesn't account for all the ice that is on land melting Mm. into the ocean. It's Mm. only accounting for the ice that's already in the sea at an even displacement. And if that's the case, then melting sea ice is not causing rising sea levels, but something else on this board is. Do you have a guess as to what that might be? Oh, interesting. Okay, so would the rising temperatures then be causing the sea level because it would be melting what is not already, like melting glacial ices? ices? (laughs) That is a good guess, and that's actually true that our glaciers do melt because of the energy that is coming in from the sun, and they do add to it. But we don't have glaciers on this board yet. Sure. It is rising temperatures, but it's not what you think. Okay, tell us all about it. If you think about a mercury thermometer, Mm. call out to those of us who are not in our 20s and 30s, (laughs) (laughs) and you put it in your mouth, what happens to the mercury when you have a fever? Do you remember mercury thermometers, Matt? Is that part of your... Yeah, it goes up. Yeah. Is that a, were you still using mercury thermometers? I just saw it in Home Alone. Got it. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks to Home Alone <laughs> for, the, for the climate reference. So, yeah, it goes up, or basically it expands. And our water, until the early 2000s, I believe, expanded. Almost half of all of the expansion was actually just due to the thermal expansion of water due to heat. Hmm which I found kind of wild. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought about I mean, obviously, since I've put out what I thought, I wouldn't have thought about it that way. So you're saying that this is close, but not quite exactly how the report would lay these causes and effects out. Well, and I mean, the whole point is to get us to think about the fact that this looks like a causal relationship, mm. but really there's more to it than meets the eye. Yeah. And so I would move this in relation to rising temperatures because it's affecting both of these cards. Okay, you're over on the end. Do you want to move that? Mm-hmm. I would stack them on top of each oh. other. There you go. Oops. Beautiful. Wonderful. Yeah, I wouldn't have known that. Mm-hmm. Cool. That completes your first round of the Climate Fresk. You should give yourself a round of applause. Yay! <laughs> Yay! High five, teammate. Thanks for, thanks for doing this with me, Matt. Matt, what did, you. You, what did you think about participating in this? It was fun. I learned something new, and then I, I just, I feel like when you do it with, like, other people that, like, are knowledgeable about stuff, you, you learn a bunch. You are a cameraman for ATG, and so you're here with us every week while we record. Do you feel like uh, you are learning things here in a way that's like maybe more interactive than just listening yeah. every week? I yeah. feel like whenever I, like, I came on here, like mm-hmm. I didn't know much about like climate change, but like every every week and then every other week, I like I, I like this learning style more mm-hmm. than like teaching because like you guys are Anton and you are funny mm-hmm. and you make jokes about stuff. That's how I pay attention and learn stuff. Is it like, if like, if people talking about are knowledgeable, but they have a sense of humor because that's what I like. Okay, but cool. I like to learn things when it's not like, oh, this, 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 that. <laughs> so like, stuff up. Yeah, know? I can't picture Megan doing that. No, I don't. I don't. Think I don't so. think Maybe she's Anton. That. Maybe Anton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Megan has a different style. Yeah. 
Um, well, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. I, it was great Thank to have you. a teammate in this yes. so that any of the mistakes weren't mine alone. Yeah. Uh, we learned together. No, not at well, all. Well, we only made maybe one. Maybe I should learn how we to read. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. Thanks, Thank thanks for no joining problem. us, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Bye, guys. <laughs> So I'm sure we could talk about this forever and lots of people will want to be able to keep the conversation going, whether by reaching out to you directly or just learning more about Climate Fresk. So how about you let people know where they can find you or learn more about it online? Absolutely. If you'd like to bring Climate Fresk to your organization, you can find me on LinkedIn or on Instagram at Megan Youssef or email me directly at megan.yusuf at gmail.com. And if you'd like to explore local workshops available in your area or learn more about the Climate Fresk organization, you can visit climatefresk.org. And if you'd like to stay connected to All Things Green, be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at One Planet Media. That's O-N-E-1. And if you'd like to rewatch full episodes, check out our YouTube channel, All Things Green Show. You can find links to all our sources from today's episode, including all of Megan's information, in the show notes. We'll be back at the same time next week. Thank you, and thank you, Megan, for being a part of the global sustainability movement. Mm -hmm.